Hello! My name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 196 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. I am once again joined by my good friend, Ray Vargas. How you doing, Ray? I'm doing good, Joe. What's up? Not much. Well, I'd like to say not much, but <laughs> <laughs> I was back on campus this week. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we went. Oh, I'm, I'm going to. Sh- okay, so just between us uh, and the listeners, um, I, I was going to go in on Tuesday because Wednesday was my first day and we would be teaching from campus, even though we were still teaching virtually. On Wednesday? On Wednesday. And I had nothing set up. So I'm like, all right, I'll go on Tuesday. I even emailed my my supervisor and was like, hey, um, I'm going to probably stop by on Tuesday to get some stuff set up. That's fine. So I drive, you know, I drive 20, 25 minutes up to the school. And I, um, I get there and I realize I don't have my keys and I don't have my ID badge. Oh. And I got this like complete like it was almost a panic panic attack right <laughs> it was just like this i i, I so I, what am i doing and so i just turned around <laughs> and went home I, just, I turned around and went home <laughs> so wait you forgot those things or you have never been issued those things no i had forgotten those things okay i, I was issu- i was issued like a <laughs> i have so many keys right like i must have i must have 50 keys on this key ring um, because it, it's every key to the theater. It's I've got three rooms. I've got the the main theater, the black box theater, and the wood shop. And each of those have file cabinets and interior doors. And so mm-hmm. when I went back on August fifth, which is the first time I was ever on the campus, um, the woman who hands out the keys like looks at the list, looks at me, and she goes, "You're gonna be here for a while." Like I'm back for an hour in an hour because I've got to check all of these. In. Oh, jeez! So I had forgotten that I'd forgotten my my ID, and I text Matt, and he was like really nice. He's like, "Oh, I could totally run them to you." I'm like, "No, no, I'm coming home." It was a sign. I'm just coming home. <laughs> so that meant that you were setting yourself up for a lot to do on Wednesday, though. Yeah, and it was fine. It was fine. I had warned the kids going into it that Wednesday was going to be a little bit rough, just mm. because we were all trying to figure out what to do. Um, and just like Monday is going to be rough or tomorrow is going to be rough because, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to have one student <laughs> throughout the course of the day, maybe three, but I, I'm not having very many students. I will, I will report it next week, but it's only seniors. Seniors are a tiny percentage of the people coming back. And so, uh, and I'm only going to have half of those because they have an A, A cohort and a B cohort. So yeah, it will be. It'll be a little bit of an interesting week. <laughs> cool. But how about you? How have you been? Uh, good. My week was busy as hell. Um, I had that presentation to give on Thursday night, and it pretty much took me the entire week almost to build that goddamn slide presentation. <laughs> Did it go well, though? It went great. Um, it went way better than I expected. Uh, more people showed up than I expected. Uh, I talked longer than I expected to. Um, people had really good questions and seemed to be really engaged with you know what I was talking about. Uh, so yeah, I got I got a lot of compliments afterwards from very nice people. Um, it was it went great, but it it's one of those things where it just becomes like this beast of a project. Mm-hmm. 
And um, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. And oh yeah, it it just the setup is so tedious and requires so much. I had to. I was basically covering all the techniques that I had developed in my work since I graduated from art school 20 years ago. So it was a lot of going through old stack, like all my flat files and stacks of old paper to find like initial rough thumbnail sketches and, and sort of track my progress and my process on, on various, you know, artworks that I've made over the years. So a lot of it also was going through my, my personal laptop, all, all through all the archived old files and everything. And just like, basically dig through like old folders and, and, and photo digital photo caches looking for, you know, did I take a progress picture of this sketch while I was working on it? Do I have an image of this painting from when I was first setting it up to paint? Like, you know, like my old apartment, mm-hmm. like just, a, it was, it was. And I think also just looking through a lot of old things, kind of n- not in a bad way. um, Just kind of like, Brings up nostalgia in a way that feels a little bit exhausting. <laughs> I was I was gonna ask if it was a little bit like, not that I I have to say this in exactly the right way because I don't want to offend. Um, it, I would think stuff like that because I know it is for me is a little cringy, not because it wasn't good, but because your view of it tends to be not yeah. as flattering. Yeah, well, not not even the artwork. Um, so much as just me (laughs) (laughs) and just going like, Oh yeah, that's when I, you know, lived there and I was dating that person. And (laughs) like that, that was my life at that point. And I was (laughs) unaware of so much and making so many bad decisions and just like, Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. and I tend to be kind of like really self-critical like that. Um, Anyway, so I think it was just right. exhaust. The whole process was exhausting, and you know, I still have another painting class that I that I'm doing weekly on Mondays, and I have my job like to do. So it was just a lot. I uh, Rosie and I were only able to get two more MCU movies into our week, and that's only because we watched Guardians of the Galaxy two last Sunday. So basically, like after we recorded the last episode. Yes, and then, I was very happy to get your text message. It made me very happy. <laughs> yeah, and then we watched uh, we watched Avengers: Age of Ultron like literally last night. So okay. the whole week was spent with me, uh, basically working on this presentation. You know, any any extra hour I got, uh, that's what I was doing. Very little sleep, um, a lot of of. <laughs> Dude, those slideshows, man. I mean, it's a great tool. <laughs> like, I personally don't like PowerPoint. I've never really learned it. I can use it a little bit, but um, Google Slides feels very intuitive to me. It's always it always has, right? And so, since I've been in this grad program for the last I don't know four years now, maybe, um, it's just been easy. Anytime I need to give a presentation, I build Google Slides, and for me. Obviously, I'm a very visual person, so I don't really need to take copious notes or or any kind of like cues for myself. Mm-hmm. The slide image itself will cue in my brain what I need to talk about, right? And that information is just there, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
So I've always done that. And I know that it's a process. I know that for like, you know, a 10 minute presentation, it'll take me like two, three hours to, to build a slideshow, especially knowing that there are all these options of like, you can add images, you can add videos, you can add gifts at this point. You can, you can do all this stuff to, to set up the flow of the presentation and, and, and your, your speech or whatever, you know, as, as you want it. Mm -hmm. And I love that, but I also, I'm very meticulous and I'm somebody that wants, like, I'm not just going to slap up some text or an image onto the slide. I want to curate the imagery. (laughs) Like I, I I want the aesthetic of the each slide to, to make sense and to, and to adhere to a certain, you know, presentation. Uh, Of course. So it's just, it takes, it's a lot. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot happening at once. And this was a 90 minute, this is scheduled to be a 90 minute presentation. I ended up going, I ended up speaking for two hours. That's, I mean, 90 minutes to begin with is kind of daunting. Like that's, that's a lot of time. Yeah. Yeah. And I found myself nervous, which I'm never nervous to to speak like that because it's pretty much what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found myself getting nervous that day. And I was also nervous because I didn't. I hadn't finished the slide presentation. I it, my presentation was on Thursday night, and I wanted to finish the presentation, uh, building the slideshow by Wednesday night, so I could get a night a good night's sleep Wednesday night. You know, knowing that it's in the bag, and I I wasn't able to finish it by Wednesday night. So I will I try to sleep and woke up Thursday morning knowing okay this presentation's tonight at six. And I'm still not done with this slideshow. <laughs> so it was it was very nerve-wracking, but it went off without a hitch. It was great. Um, I, I used all my powers of Zoom <laughs> that I've <laughs> that I've accumulated over the last year to incorporate. Um I shared, obviously, you know, I I, I shared the, the slideshow itself. But I also would switch to the Photoshop app so that people could see what I was doing. I would also switch to sharing a second camera from my iPad so I could uh, demo things on my light table. And I also switched a camera to my uh, iPad itself so I could share Procreate and actual do actual drawing uh, live as well. So Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So it was a lot, man. Yeah, but but it went great, and I'm really, really happy with uh, with what I have now. Like I have this presentation, I have all this info and all these slides built. So, yeah, it, it didn't leave a lot of room for geekiness. I mean, that in itself is pretty goddamn geeky. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely geeky for us. <laughs> but I, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I kept thinking about teachers. To be honest with you, Joe, I kept thinking about this whole like I know teachers, and I'm not by by no means that I'm as am I saying that this is how anyone is supposed to do it. But I know other teachers that this is how they approach their lessons, especially since now everybody's on been on zoom. Mm -hmm. And I know teachers that have just done so much work to set up these daily, daily presentations like this, so that it makes us, it, it makes it easier for the students to stay engaged and to get the information in an entertaining way. Yeah, no, there's definitely some amazing teachers out there that are doing some great stuff um, with online learning. Yeah. Um, you know, it's pretty impressive. I, <laughs> I know that there's probably a lot more I could have done, but, um, I'm, I'm glad that we're finally moving back on campus as, as, as hesitant as I am, 
you know, we only have six weeks left. And so it'll just be a good way to kind of get to know some of the kids and finish off the school year. But I definitely, I feel, I feel that. (laughs) Did you have students in class at all this week yet? No. So this week was literally just um, being in the space. And in fact, on Friday, we actually did just asynchronous work with them so that we could get our, our um, classroom set up. Oh my God, Ray. My, okay. (laughs) So I know that I am not a terribly organized individual. I, I get that. I own that. I have been left with such a pile oh, no. of mess to dig through to like, I didn't even bother. I didn't even bother trying to get my classroom like clean <laughs> because it's just, it, it like, it's not going to happen. I, I am going to have to take days out of my summer and go and like right. reorganize the entire prop closet and like oh, go God. through all of these boxes that are just sitting around. There. I have no clue what they are. Um, Oh, you know, just like drawers of stuff. And I've got two rooms of this guy's stuff. Oh, two God. <laughs> and and we're not talking like like the size rooms that we had in the last school. We have like two theater full size rooms. Oh, my God. <laughs> like huge. And so, I mean, it, it's basically the same size as the multipurpose room when you put them both together. But with <laughs> lots of nooks and crannies and extra little... Places to hide things. So it's I thought you were a mess. I thought you were going to say it's the same size, basically, as the multiverse. Oh, <laughs> it, it feels like that. It feels like that's the type of I'm going to have to get Infinity Stones to like, get through this. <laughs> just click, just snap, and make half of it disappear. Oh, that sounds exhausting. <laughs> yeah, it is. I like. I looked at it and I was just like, "Nope." I know the first thing I'm going to do when I go in uh, tomorrow is I'm going to take a box and I'm going to take everything that's in the drawers of the desk and I'm going to dump it into the box because I don't need to go through that right now. What I need is to move the desk. <laughs> I need wow. to move the desk to a place where I can actually teach from it, yeah. and um, and hopefully I will have at some point during the day a student that will be able to help me move that <laughs> desk from that corner to. A place where I can actually teach from it. I, I don't know if you're like me, but I have a very, very strong nesting instinct when I occupy a new space. Mm-hmm. And I really need to go through the process of like making it my own. And and what that means for me is like setting it up for maximum efficiency of space for, for my purposes. Right. And that then that process cannot be rushed. Exactly. No, it like cannot. it has to be. It has to be done very like methodically. Yes, <laughs> it yes. Has to be done at the right in the right yes. order. Like I already know. Like the way the way it's set up is the black box theater. And I don't know if anybody doesn't know what a black box theater is. It's just basically a big square room that mm-hmm. they paint black, and you can put shows on in there from almost any direction because it's just this big open space. Well, that's my that's my primary classroom, and um, there's a door. There's there's, well, there's doors all over the place, but on one of these walls, there's three doors. One adds, leads to the outside. One on the other corner leads to the prop closet, costume closet. And then there's one that leads up to the booth, which is where all the like command center of all the technology stuff is. Mm. And I've decided that that's where I want to set up my my office because this guy has his office just like right there in the middle of the theater. And I'm like, if you're going to use this as a theater, 
I don't want my mess here. <laughs> like, I know my desk gets unorganized. I don't want it here. I want my I want my theater space clean. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, well, there's boxes and filing cabinets and God only knows what else lining the entire hallway and stairs up oh, to the booth. The booth is just a disaster. <laughs> and so I'm like, and, and technology everywhere, tools everywhere. I'm like, I, how? How do you, I, I know how how messy I was at my last school. And that was because I had no storage and was basically using my English classroom as a closet. So this guy has no excuse. He's an entire room dedicated to storage. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> I just don't understand what's happening in this space. You know what so. that reminds me of? Do you remember when, do you remember way back when you and I first met? Uh, I was a brand new sub. And oh, the, the, the cleaning of daily space. That he's never forgiven me for to this no, day. <laughs> was a brand new sub uh i had only worked at ipoly once before i think it was a uh, subbing pe i subbed uh, i worked with uh mark uh mark right mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. i subbed for heather uh and uh the next time i was there basically daily was going hey i need a sub i'm going on paternity leave and so i subbed i didn't know sean at that time <laughs> like i no. really didn't know him uh but i guess you know uh, the, the school trusted me enough to to come in and cover his class for a couple weeks. <laughs> I don't know. Is daily? Maybe it's it, you know. I'm sure there was an organization to his. <laughs> to his oh mess. yeah, no, he's he's actually very organized, and so like like what you what you cleaned up was was something that he had like strategically placed in that order. <laughs> right. So so like uh, just from my perspective, like I I hang out with Ray for like 3 or 4 weeks. We become really good friends. We're like all geeking out about all this stuff. I mean, because that was our introduction to one another. Like yep. he, he Ray basically taught on my team for 3 un, un, in uninterrupted weeks. While one of my other friends was out on paternity leave. And in, f- in fact, I think he's on episode like two or three. Like if you go way back to the beginning, <laughs> you'll see one with Sean Daly. That, that's the guy we're talking about. When he came back, he was like, he moved my stuff. And like, when you're a sub, you don't do that. Like he was like, they have, they're, they're still cool. Like, like the right oh, yeah, Daly are sure. cool. Yeah. But oh my God, he was like such a reaction. And I was like, Dude, it's his first time subbing. He was there for three weeks. Like it was, it, it was not a person. It was not meant to be a personal slide. I a hundred percent thought that I was helping. I a hundred percent. That was my, of course, in my naivete. I was like, this guy's gonna come back to the cleanest room. He's gonna be so happy. You know, he's been gone for three weeks. He's probably exhausted from the new baby. I'm gonna do this. Like I'm really gonna get in good at this school. <laughs> 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 I want to come back. So I'm going to show, and you know, of course, because to me, it was a mess. <laughs> it was, and by the way, having not learned the lesson that time, I've, I've done that before, not even for a classroom. Oh God, this is so cringy. I can't believe I'm admitting to this uh, on the podcast. I've done that at a friend's home. Oh no. <laughs> I know. I know. What the fuck was I thinking? I was, I was um in, in 2000, the winter, fall of 2009, I got the opportunity to move to New York to work as an artist with another artist, and she she let me stay at her house f- 
for free basically the whole time that I was there working with her. And, uh, you know, I, I, I tried to get out as much as I could to give her her space and whatnot. And so uh, I had a couple friends out there from art school that, that went back to New York. And so that Thanksgiving I was spending in New York by myself and my, my one friend said, Hey, I'm going to be out of town with my, my boyfriend's family. So my apartment's going to be empty. Like if you want to, if you want to stay at my place for the, for Thanksgiving weekend and get out of your, your friend's hair, you're welcome to it. And I thought that's amazing. So I went to Brooklyn and spent Thanksgiving 2009 in Brooklyn by myself, uh, eating pizza and uh, <laughs> watching movies. <laughs> and while I was there, uh, I, it started with, you know, she had told me that they were having trouble with the radiator and then something about the power outlet or breaker wasn't working in their living room. And it was a pain in the ass. And she's like, I apologize, but if it goes out, like just try to fix it. We don't know what's. So I fixed that. That's the first thing I did. Right. I was like, (laughs) I know I can fix this. Like, boom, cool. She's going to come back. This is all going to be taken care of. And it was, and then I didn't stop there. (laughs) I I just kept going and I cleaned Clean, quote unquote, cleaned, quote unquote, organized, you know, quote unquote, uh, uh, disrespected, <laughs> depending, <laughs> depending on your perspective, her entire place. And, and she came back and I realized instantly that maybe, uh, not everyone was going to see it the way I saw it. <laughs> well, uh, you know what? The heart was in the right place and we were young back then. Yes. <laughs> Oh God, I would never do that now. Never. Uh, It's funny that she was like, thanks for cleaning the radiator. Uh, Thanks for for fixing the radiator and the and the electrical, but (laughs) what were you thinking? Where's my stuff? Oh God, yeah. (laughs) Anyway, so geez, that just brought back memories of that when you're talking about what you know, what you have ahead of you. I can you're absolutely gonna be in there this summer. Oh yeah. Well, and I don't know how to use any of the equipment. Oh, although I have to say, okay, I'm so I like humble brag here. I I walk in and I have not done a lot of even even at I probably wasn't doing a lot of tech stuff because I had other people that knew how to do it, and so I didn't really take the time to learn. But I walk in and the, when I went on on the, August fifth, you know, you hit this little button on the wall, wall panel. It's just like it was at iPoly. It turns on the lights. Walk in on February 25th was the second time I went in, hit the wall panel, on go the lights. <laughs> Walk in on Wednesday, and again, Wednesday, the day after I was supposed to be there getting everything set up, and now I have kids. Hit the button, and the panel blinks, and nothing happens. <laughs> and Ray, this is a black box theater. It is oh, pitch yeah. black. <laughs> like, it is literally, if you do not have... A light on it is you cannot there is no light zero right. light and so i was like well that's not good so i luckily i have the the wood shop that i can sit in it's got a desk in there so I, i'm like all right well today it's gonna be the wood shop because <laughs> that what's that's where the light is and um i sent an email to my my um my supervisor and I'm like, Hey, <laughs> the light's not working, but I'm like, I am going to fix this. I'm going to figure this out. <laughs> and so I didn't fix it. I didn't figure out how to program it, but I did remember, okay, if you go to the actual lighting panel, like where all the, the not fuses, but the, the, um, I forget what they're called. The breakers. 
they're basically the the patches, the the places you plug oh, yeah. the lights into. There's a little like digital display on there, and you can program stuff from there. So I went through, figured out which lights were the work lights, <laughs> and so now the only way to turn on my lights in my classroom oh. is to feel my way in the dark oh, up to the booth. <laughs> Turn the booth lights on, which thank God those are on their own like circuit, and then go in and and type on a little keypad forty through forty eight at full. <laughs> that brings all my lights up, and I'm like, I don't know. I figured out how to do that all by myself. <laughs> You're squatting in your own classroom. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I I have to go back and I have to relearn all the technology. I don't know how to use the lights. I don't know how to use the sound. I now have lights that like move on their own, like they're programmable actual moving lights, which is cool. Yeah, that's cool. But but it's like I, I gotta learn how to program that shit. <laughs> I don't know how to do any of this. So I think that's a lot of the the reservation of going in there. And then I've got an entire wood shop of of tools that I may or may not know how to use. Oh God. You with, with access to this level of production with the work that you do with your students i i can't wait to see what you all have going on a year from now or your for you know your once you get these productions up and running well i i'm going to I'm, I'm trying to give myself some some grace and realize that i am not going to be putting on um lame is Mm. next year like i need right. to i need to i need to kind of start over like i did when we moved into the new building because yeah. all of a sudden i have a lot more space to fill with set i have a lot more technology to figure out how to use properly right i have i have students that i am not familiar with and need to kind of teach them how i do things right right and part exactly. of that is also letting the like the kids who are from the previous regime graduate gracefully like yes. not come in and take over their whole program. Like I know that once the current juniors are gone, I'll have a little bit more leeway because they won't have solid in their mind what it's supposed to be. It can right. be a little bit more my program, but I knew going into it was going to be two years of like, so how do you guys do this? All right, great. We're not going to do that next year, but that's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. Very thoughtful. Um, but so, okay. So we have to get, we have to get the update. You got through two, we got through <laughs> yes, two shows. Did. Yes, we did. Two movies. How, how did they go over? Uh, I was very nervous about guardians of the galaxy two because uh -huh. of, because of her response to the first one, which we covered last week's ep uh, uh, episode. Um, and to my surprise it, she loved it. She, she was hooked right away. She loved the emotional, story beats and and uh arcs of of each character and and this movie does double down on that i feel like mm -hmm, there mm -hmm. guardians 2 is pretty damn heavy i mean you have peter meeting his father which that was her number one question at the end of the first movie who mm -hmm. the hell is his father so that i knew was gonna you know hopefully play well um but then my favorite my favorite arc of that movie is Gamora and Nebula reconciling starting to their their recon, reconciliation after you know having been traumatized by their parental figure their whole lives right. uh so so that was pretty heavy and then of course the introduction of of uh Mantis and and Dra and her uh um dynamic with Drax is just great 
and that landed really well too. They even give Rocket more pathos, like mm-hmm. uh, you know the whole you know he pushes everyone away, you know, because he's he's used to being rejected and being alone. Um, so one thing that I noticed was that they shift the the nature of the humor in Guardians Two away from being focused on Peter in, in the first movie. Um, Chris Pratt is doing his, his Andy from parks character mm-hmm. and you know, that's all the silliness and all the immaturity, which still makes sense for that, for that story, for that character. Um, it, it all kind of emanates from him. He's, he's not the straight man in that movie. Uh, right. he's the comic relief, but he's also supposed to be the leading man. And I can see how, you know, now, now the way that movie lands with me, I can see how that doesn't always work. Um, with guardians two, uh, uh, star Lord, isn't the, the, the comedy Mm-mm. Drax is the comedy. Star Lord has a really, really dramatic arc actually. And everyone else gets to play off of that. And, and most of the comedy is coming from Drax, Mantis and Rocket and that, and the, uh, the Ravagers, of course. Mm-hmm. And that works so well. And I yeah. never noticed that before until seeing how, how Rosie responded to it. Well, and I like when you said that she <laughs> he sends me a message. We're good with with Guardians too. Oh, <laughs> like, thank God. I know. And I, and I had said, I had said um, that you know what? It's all about Drax and Mantis. They're two of my favorite characters in this universe. Yes, just because like their interactions are so wholesome. Yes, like they're just so. Like I love who would have thought that Mantis would be one of my favorite characters in the MCU. Like right? she's just so delightful. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, and uh I I was nervous because it it is still very sci-fi and it sort of introduces the sci-fi element to or 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 you know galactic element to the 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 Infinity Saga. Um and um it makes sense, Joe. You know, like if if that didn't work, like we said last week, if that didn't work, they could have ditched it and done something else. But Guardians right. One went over, so you know they they doubled down in a good way. Maybe the only successful <laughs> <laughs> case of doubling down in the his, in history. Uh, but um, yeah, so we watched that now, and, I, and the, the all the different world hopping and all that stuff, all the cosmic stuff, did not, um, you know, d- d- really that wasn't the issue. We thought that might be the issue with Guardians, but with the first one, but no, it wasn't. So, okay, great. So we we after that we sort of took a break from Marvel. Like I said, I was really busy during the week. We watched a bunch of Mad Men while I was working on my on my presentation, Um, and it was nice because that the way we're watching it with the chronological order, you 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 end with um, oh I think it was Iron Man three. And then you go and, and, you know, with Tony sort of like destroying all his suits and then you go hang out with the guardians for a couple movies. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's kind of like a nice break. Like, okay, we're going to go visit this whole other different section of this huge universe that we're getting to know. And then, so, so stopping at, after guardians two for a whole week and doing other stuff was nice because when we finally sat down last night to watch, age of Ultron, it was like we were coming back to, mm-hmm. you know, our, our 
beloved characters from from the Avengers from phase one. And um, just did a quick, you know, okay, where do we leave off these characters? Oh, yeah, you know, uh, uh, Cap and Falcon are off looking for Bucky. Uh, you know, uh, Fury is underground and S.H.I.E.L.D. Is, is no more as far as we know. Uh, you know, uh, Bruce drove off with Tony to Stark Towers and he's been researching and developing whatever, uh, you know, that sort of thing. We caught up with everyone and then we, and I told her, look, Age of Ultron 2, Age of Ultron, it, it hits the ground running. Like there's no, just prepare yourself. Okay. You're not, the reason I wanted to like check in and say, okay, where are all these characters the last time we saw them? Because this movie just starts and you're off. It's just goes, goes, goes. And so we put it on and immediately that first shot, that first group shot of the Avengers leaping towards uh, um, Strucker's Hydra facility, Mm -hmm. that like superhero, slow motion superhero shot. She goes, whoa. And I was like, yes. <laughs> yes, we're we're that we're in. That's it. It's a wrap. And sure enough, um, my girlfriend is a crier. And uh I find it extremely endearing. Um, it's it's it. It, it sort of, it happens and it's not even, she's a crier in the way that when it happens, it may not even be like a, a very sad thing. It's, it's not a bad thing when she's crying. It's usually just any emotion that she feels past a certain point, there's going to be tears involved. Whether I, it's- I, I, I feel, I know exactly what you're talking about. My husband kind of teases me about it a little bit too, because I am the same way. Like if there's something that's really... A- touching or heartwarming i'll cry if like weddings funerals <laughs> cry um like it just doesn't matter like if there's if there's something that's very touching or powerful that that that's what happens yeah <laughs> so I and, get it. <laughs> and you know i i'm kind of like that as well um if i'm if i find something really really funny i'll cry if i find mm-hmm. like you know same thing but i feel like my levels are way up there where I have to feel it a lot, but, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's not, doesn't have to be sadness. It could be happiness, joy, laughter, anything at a certain really high level. I'll, I'll have tears. Uh, with Rosie, the levels are way down. They're laying on the ground. Mm-hmm. They're, <laughs> they're immediate. Any emo, any swell of emotion to any degree whatsoever will produce tears. Um, so I'm saying this to tell you. She cried during the last half of Avengers Ultron. Oh, wow. Uh, Avengers Age of Ultron. The last half, an hour and 13 minutes. I, I timed it. She wow. cried. She cried. So <laughs> that tells you how I, I was really curious because I know that, you know, Ultron does get a, uh, a it has, you know, kind of a, a negative reputation amongst a section of MCU fans. Right. And you and I both agree. I mean, we never really you know, he understood that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love, I love age of Ultron. I've, it's one of the few that I've watched multiple times. Yeah. Same, same. It's so geeky. And in this mm-hmm. movie, we get, we get Scarlet, Witch, we get Quicksilver, we get Ultron and we get vision. Right. That's a lot in one movie. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like it, it doesn't overwhelm the way oftentimes, you know, superhero movies with multiple villains overwhelms. 
mm-hmm. right? Where it's like, oh, they did, you know, Spider-Man, the Sandman, and Venom. They sh- That's too much. And it's like Marvel here is doing all these characters and it works. Well, that's something we talked about in Civil War. I know we're not there yet in your mm-hmm. rewatch, but I remember our review of that being like, how did they introduce the entire Civil War storyline? Mm-hmm. Talk about introduce the Black Panther, give him a full story arc. Introduce Spider Man, give him a full full arc. Like mm-hmm. it's it's they're so good at this. Yeah, yeah, and there is a. I don't know how closely the Russos. Or 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 Marcus and Feely, the the writers, right? Is that their names? Mm-hmm. How how closely they studied the script to Avengers: Age of Ultron, but th- uh, so many just kind of like quips or line, like like one off lines here or there, speak to where these characters are going. So many, Joe. There's a line. Something about, um, like Stark saying, you know, where where this is the end game that you know the the we're on the path that I started us on. Uh, that's you know that's he says something. He says that's the end game, and it's like oh shit, like that's literally <laughs> where they got the name of the last movie. And then it's like Wanda speaking about you know trauma and about how you know she says a line and you're like holy shit like that's literally the show right there or like um you know hawkeye speaking to you know uh, how much his family you know what would happen if he lost his family you're like oh my god like there's so (laughs) there's so many lines in this movie and you're going holy crap did they just mine like did the russos just mine this script for for mapping out the, these characters' futures going forward from this point, I think they did. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's it's pretty amazing in that way. If you watch it with the, with with knowledge of the, I, I actually thought about looking up a video that maybe there's a YouTube video somewhere where somebody's done this. Somebody has actually taken Age of Ultron and said, "Look at all these uh, Easter eggs and and sort of um, foreshadowing." in age of Ultron two for all these characters, because it is Joe, it is intense. It isn't almost every single scene. A character says something and you know exactly where they're going. Right. Uh, So yeah, that's awesome. Like I, I I can't wait. I, I I will talk about it later in the the episode, but I'm, I'm planning my own rewatch and I'm hoping we can get some fans in on it and do some like group watches um, in June when Mm -hmm. things kind of start slowing down for me and I have some, some ideas on how to make it kind of like how we can maximize our, our enjoyment of that kind of thing where, you know, we make sure we're not missing stuff that's there that we just forget about. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, man, that movie destroyed last night. (laughs) (laughs) It was great. And then at the very end, (laughs) at the very end, we see she asked she had a couple questions she said do we see bucky again mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you see that last scene of uh we we finally hear josh brolin's uh voice as thanos and he says fine i'll do it myself and he puts his hands in the gauntlet mm-hmm. and she looks at me and i look at her and she goes is that thanos and i go yeah and she goes what is that and i'm like what she goes what is that that he put on and i go well what do you think it is? And she goes, does it hold all the stones? 
Oh, good for her. <laughs> and I said, yeah, that's what it's made for. And she goes, but does it? Like, does it end up holding all the stones? And I'm like, well, we're going to have to see. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, my God. Like, I am telling you, you have to, you have to record the snap. You have to. You have to record the snap because she is going to lose her shit. She is going to. Yes. Because that, again, yeah. she doesn't know what's coming up. We knew as soon as they started talking about Infinity Stones, we're like, <laughs> oh, half the universe is going to disappear. Like, that's just what happens. <laughs> we were very, we were all excited to find out which which, which stayed, but we knew it was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy. I never realized that each of the Infinity Stones represent, each of the, each of the nightmares that the Avengers are given by Wanda represents an Infinity Stone. Oh, wow. I don't think I realized that either. Yeah. Tony's space uh, uh, vision. Uh, Captain America's reality is warped. He's back in 1940s. Uh, Thor's soul. Uh, uh, what's his name? Heimdall speaks to Thor's soul. Um, Hulk's mind is attacked. Uh, that scene. Oh, my God. That scene is so violent, Joe. Yeah, it's scary. It is very scary. I mean, it plays like a horror movie. Even though, like Tony is like quipping through the through the the whole scene, it it's it's, it's really violent. Um, uh, Scarlet Witch is thrown back in time to her training, um, and then the Vision too. The vi- that that's a man. What a great character introduction. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Anyway, it, it's it, it, we're moving on next. A complete change of. Of tone to Ant-Man. And I'm actually excited for her to see Ant-Man and to kind of, you know, get introduced to that character. The, the next few characters in, in phase three, which by the way, so we're into phase three now because we just finished, uh, you know, Avengers 2. Right. Up to this point, if you include the Hulk, we've seen 13 movies. Okay. So you're about halfway through. A little, exactly. A little past halfway through. Exactly. From here to, to, to Avengers 4. We have 11 movies to watch. Oh, wow. I know. That's a ton. And over the next three or four movies, we get introduced to new characters. So we got um, Ant-Man next, mm-hmm. uh, which introduces that character. And then we have Captain America Civil War, which is basically another Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. And then we get introduced to um, uh, Black Panther. Mm-hmm. And we get introduced to... Um, Doctor Strange. Spider-Man's in there. We get introduced to Spider-Man. And then we have Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're getting, she's going to meet a bunch of new characters soon in, in phase three. And they're, and they're like, they're the characters, except for, for maybe Spider-Man, they're characters that are not like, we're never, we're never considered top tier Right. Marvel characters, right. which is is crazy to me that these characters are coming to life on stage in the ways they are, and like it just there's so much ridiculously awesome stuff going on in the MCU. It's I think we said on on the Slack channel, it's like we can't get enough of it. Mm-hmm. Like they could just like the, as long as it keeps coming out and the quality that it's coming out, like please just give us more. Give us <laughs> yeah, so. That's that's and then somewhere in there because we need I I was just totally thrashed after Thursday night so what getting up and watching 
the last episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier the next morning was like a nice treat to, to look mm-hmm, forward to. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I just, after that, I was like done for Friday and Saturday. I just could do nothing. I think we watched, um, I don't know if you've ever seen um, Down With Love. No, I haven't. Oh my God, Joe. Um, so she was like, I'm in the mood for like a romantic comedy, like something silly, something fun. And I said, okay, well, let's look at my list of romantic comedies that I think you might like. And uh, we went with Down With Love. It's uh, It stars Renee Zellweger and um, Ewan McGregor. Okay. And it, it's set in the 1960s. And it's, it's not only set in the 1960s, but it's completely filmed and created with the aesthetic of 1960s films. Gotcha. So, so that that it's a complete homage to that era of filmmaking, mm-hmm. and it's kind of a musical, and it's a it's it's a romantic comedy. How do I not know this show? And it's com- it's a movie. That's what I mean. I'm sorry. I, and I don't do that all the time. And it's completely Art Deco. Like it reminded me of your home, Joe. Oh wow! Yes, it's it's. I even showed Rosie pictures of your home going like, this is Joe's aesthetic. Cause I said, while we were watching it, I said, I wonder if Joe knows about this movie because I think he would love it. Um, and, and it's, uh, you know, cause you and McGregor's a great singer and, and yeah. Renee Zauger has also done singing and it's, it's a really funny, you know, cheeky, uh, vintage romantic comedy kind of story. And, um, I didn't, I, I, I've always liked it since it came out, but it is a, it is a, I don't know if it did well when it came out. Um, never knew, never realized that it's directed by Peyton Reed. Okay. And he just done what? Uh, he has, well, he's an American television director, but he is known for directing Ant-Man and the Wasp. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that was funny. I thought, okay, let's not do Marvel yet. Let's do something completely, you know, <laughs> away from Marvel that we put on Down With Love. And I'm like, holy shit, this is directed by Peyton Reed. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be one of the next movies you see. Yeah, he directed the first Ant-Man as well. So Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah. That's Check it awesome. out. Check it out. I think you'll like it. Down With it's Love. It's so all interconnected. Yeah, tell me about it. All right. Um I'm just going to throw my my weekly geekery in real quick because there wasn't much. I am doing a New Mutants reread with um, our listener Lyle, so cool. and he he is because I've been going back. I am falling behind. He is already in the second collection that we are doing, and I am still like <laughs> pushing in the the first. I haven't like I was going to try and do some some Captain America and and U.S. Agent stuff uh, just so that we had to have stuff to talk about you know, on the show, but we, we don't have that problem. So I've given that up. I've been working on through new mutants, but the fun thing is, is that when he gets to like a new character or a new thing, he sends me a little message on Slack and he got to warlock last night. Oh, and I'm like, Oh, he's just such a great character. And he was like, he's weird, but in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like weird. And I'm like, well, as long as when you start getting like full on, um, Sienkiewicz, warlock like like that is like you want weird that's like weird in the most awesome form weird can come in yeah yeah and just with okay so that's one of the things that i am looking forward to because the marvel universe is not changing like i don't see them stopping the quality of stuff that they're putting out there i know we're going to get a full x-men world out of the mcu yep 
And because they're not afraid to pull these strange, odd characters into the universe, I cannot wait to see a fully realized warlock in a New Mutants movie. Like, that will make me so happy. That's going to be amazing when they do that. Because that character needs to be introduced to more people. Because if you've, if it, like, it kind of falls into the category for me as, like, Groot or Mantis, where they're just, they're so wholesome. Yeah. And they're so... Um, geeky. Well, they're geeky, but they're just... They're just like a breath of fresh air when they come on screen because they're they're very innocent, they're very pleasant, they're very they're just sweet. They're sweet characters. Yeah. So yeah, I cannot wait until we get a warlock. I'm so excited. Warlock would fall into the category for me of like Rocket and Groot, where you're just like, I would have I can't like this kind of character to me, I could only envision this character existing in comics. Right. You know, it's just too out there, I think, for mainstream audiences to to kind of run with. And yet here we are. So it's going to be glorious when we get Warlock because it's going to be on that level. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I mean, there's so much good stuff coming out. I don't want to I don't want to ruin anything for Lyle on the reread because there's some there's some heavy stuff coming forward, my friend. Like mm-hmm. New Mutants. New Mutants goes dark. <laughs> it goes dark. Um all right, so we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to jump back, and we're going to talk all about our our final two episodes of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which I just, I cannot, I'm so excited. All right, we'll be back. When toxic culture has you down. When you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the geek to geek Media Network. A community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community all dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like video games, Star Wars, comics, movies, K-pop, Disney Plus, Keanu Reeves, new, or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep, and each other in real time, and we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes, Keanu. So, Ray, you were just saying that you watched uh, Down With Love Mm -hmm. um, while we were talking on break, and Mm -hmm. it happens to be an Ant-Man... Directed by the same person who did Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp. Right, Peyton Reed. Right. And then you just said that he also directed Bring It On. Yes. I may have mentioned this multiple times, but I, I, I did the, um, the musical Bring It On at my last school. And like getting to a point where you can actually say, all right, this is the show we're going to do for me is a very long process. Like I listen to hours of soundtracks to try and find the right show. And then we'll like have them send me the books so that I can go back and read the show and make sure it's something that I like and appreciate. And, and I'm listening to bring it on. And I am like, I am enjoying this way more than I should. Like <laughs> in my mind, bring it on is very fluff, which is there's nothing wrong with it, but like I'm listening to it and I'm like, no, there's more to this than there should be. Mm, <laughs> like, yeah. And and then I realized that the music is done by um, Lin-Manuel Miranda. 
And I'm like, oh, oh. Well, that makes sense. And now you're telling me that that's who originally directed the film. And it's like, okay, there's a lot more to this sh- movie than I think myself or other people give it credit for. Yeah. Wow. That's, it's, it's surprising and yet not surprising. <laughs> right. Right. So cool. Okay. So. That aside, <laughs> tangent done, uh, we are talking about the last two episodes of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and where do you want to begin with this, Ray? Because I feel like there's so many different ways we could approach this. Oh, geez. Um, you know, it's been tricky how, the way we're covering it, because we're covering every two episodes, and of course, we end up um, reacting mostly to the re- most recent episode, mm-hmm. but I feel like so much happened in episode five that I wanted to make sure we also covered that. Yes, so I want right start there. Yeah, definitely. Um, what about like before we dive in, just so just to kind of, I want to get some context for where you're coming at this uh, convo we're about to have. Wh- what are your What are your final thoughts on the show overall? Overall, I think it was good. I think the last, I think just like Wandavision, that last episode is. It feels rushed. Oh my god, same. I'm so glad. And, and, <laughs> I, and honestly, I I don't think that that I think that a lot of that also has to do with the pandemic. If we're being honest, I feel like it's the same kind of feeling that we got with a lot of shows during um, the writers' strike back in the day, where it's like they had an intention of what they wanted to do, but what they could actually do in the time frame they had with the people that they were working with. Mm. This. Well, yeah, I, I I'm. We already know that the pandemic did impact this story in in as much as that they had a pandemic in the story right, <laughs> and decided right. to take it out. Um, I guess I don't know how much I'm willing to, you know, sort of let it off the hook for for the last episode, but I can I can understand that for sure. Uh, I thought I was I thought you loved it, and I was going to come in and like shit all over the last episode. Um, <laughs> no, it was it was definitely rushed. There were there were problems with the last episode. I still love the series, yeah, and I'm just like giddy schoolboy enjoying everything that Marvel's throwing out there. But you know, if if you've been listening to us long enough, that doesn't mean you're you're without. Reproach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know what? After after you know th- sitting with it for a couple of days, I I don't. I like it more now than I did on Friday when I first watched it. When I first watched it on Friday, I, I really, really did not like it, oh, no. uh, but it's grown on me. Yeah. So I will say this though. Um, I think part of the reason why I had such a reaction on Friday is because for me in this series, which I've also really enjoyed overall, every new episode has gotten better than the last. Yeah. And, and, and so, it, so for me, episode five was the best episode of the series. Uh, and I guess I just wanted episode six to keep keep that going, and it didn't. So mm-hmm. I, I think that kind of added to my reaction. Yeah. Uh, okay. So um, the the first thing I noted in episode five was that Sam keeps getting his ass kicked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, there was even a whole article I saw online where it's like Sam can't fight. Like, when is he going to learn how to fight? He keeps, uh, you know, they try to show his humanity, or they what's going on? But like, he's he's going to be Captain America. Like, he's got to he's got to show that he's a badass at some point. Right. Well, I think that's why we get the training montage. Is that right? People, I I've, I think even Rob 
Well, first of all, I should say, if you have not listened to Rob's um, commentary on, and sometimes Rob, of the first five episodes, I really, like, I would even go so far as to say, stop listening to us, go listen to that, and then come back. Because- Man, I need to listen to that. I, I really enjoyed his posts about this on the Slack, but I haven't listened to that yet. Yeah, and one of the things he talked about is that, you know, we saw... We saw Sam handling the shield before this episode with Bucky. With Bucky, <laughs> yeah. but I mean that was like that was like passing the football around. Like there's a much bigger <laughs> difference in my mind between being able to throw a football to somebody else and being able to do everything that you need to do with the shield. Yeah, I thought the same thing. Like Sam, uh, Sam, you know, after his training is like doing flips and catching it and throwing it in midair and all this stuff. Yeah, and so you know when it looks like he's like dodging out of the way because it's coming at him too fast and he's just not there. That's that's the difference between somebody like full on tossing you a ball in the middle of a game. I, me using sports analogies, go figure. But um, you're right, and, and just and just playing catch with your friends. Yeah, you know? for sure. And so Absolutely. that that to me is kind of where where that lands. But you're right. He needs that. Like I think the reason why he's he's not meant to be on the ground. Oh, like that's the whole thing. Like he's not used to, and his fighting style is not about being on the ground. He's the Falcon. He, he is about being airborne and being able to do all that. I mean, the stuff he does in the air, that first opening sequence in the first episode. So amazing. That's a great point, Joe. Fuck. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, that all being said, I loved that first fight that immediately we get into it. It picks up right where episode four left off and we get this awesome fight with so many good character beats, uh, between Bucky and Sam and John Walker. Mm -hmm. So good. And, and, you know, really impactful. I feel like when, when, when John rips Sam's wings off is a mm-hmm. crazy beat. And then when they break his arm to get the shield off of him is a crazy beat. I was like screaming at the TV, like, whoa, what? Like, oh my God. Yeah, the 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 violence in that fight. Yes. And and that's another thing. The fact that, you know, people are complaining about Sam not being able to fight. He's also fighting with two super soldiers. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like it's and holding not his own. A, yeah. 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 You know, so I mean, you got to take that into consideration, but yeah, quite, quite the start to the, yeah. to the well, episode. Joe, you know, I thought that that was going to be the last we saw of John Walker for a while. I really thought like he's defeated. They're getting him out of the way so that we can focus on the flag smasher storyline and really wrap that up and Sharon Carter and, you know, all this other and Zemo and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and that didn't turn out to be the case, but that's, that's where my expectations were. I thought, oh, okay, he's, he's gone. He's arrested or whatever. Maybe, maybe we're, we're going to get a, um, a stinger after the last, after the series series is over of John Walker, maybe like escaping or getting a new suit or getting contacted by someone or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of where my expectations were for, for that character's storyline. I was surprised that he popped up again. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, I think that's one of the things that I dislike the most about the ending of the series. Same. Is he he got off way too easy. Same. Yes. He got off way too easy. And yes. I and, and not from a I want to see him punished, but it's just it makes his story arc weak. Yes, I agree. They they did a disservice to how great it his story was leading up to that. 
Yeah, because I mean, like, let's, I mean, we're going to throw this out there. We are, I mean, I don't, I'm not going to speak for you. I am not a John Walker fan. I'm not one of these <laughs> people that's like, yes, that's the way Cap should be. No, no. Looking at you, Rob Liefeld. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can't. I just can't. Sorry to invoke it. Go, go, go on. Um, and so, anyway, so like for me, you know, I think we've established this to me. It's about the stories. Like, are you telling a good story and are mm-hmm. you doing it well? And I don't think that his story, I think his story would have been better if you pick it up a month later, two months later, six months yes. later, where he's had time, like he's had some distance from it. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. Especially because, okay. Absolutely love. I think I mess. I don't remember if it was in Slack. I don't remember if it was to you, but when, when Julia Louis Dreyfus comes walking down the <laughs> hall, I was so happy because not only did I think that okay, ridiculously weird but awesome casting choice for the yes. Contessa, yes, but I have been waiting for that character since the first time we saw Nick Fury. Really? Yes, because whenever I think of Shield. I go back to like she is so prominently displayed in in the Marvel Universe Encyclopedia that got me onto Marvel in the first place. Oh shit! Like she's like one of the the f- top four or five people in the Shield Shield entry. Like she's just got this distinct look with kind of like the Frankenstein like white yeah beehive thing going on and. Um, it's just, it's such a, a, a crazy character and such an outlandish character. And it's supposed to, the funny thing is she's supposed to be a femme fatale and to have Julia Louis-Dreyfus play her is such an interesting <laughs> and like engaging choice. Yeah. Like I loved everything about it. Am I a little bit like, I had gone into this episode going, if this is not Rick Jones, I am going to be upset. Because I had got it in my mind that this is the best choice for this cameo. Like, that's who we need. The fact that it was Julia Louis-Dreyfus playing the Contessa, ridiculous. Ridiculous. I I was so pleased. I was really impressed that they got her to play this character, to come into the MCU and and play in this sandbox. Um, I don't know a lot about the character she's playing, but... Just as soon as I saw the actress, I was like, holy shit, like she's going to she's got to be a major player going forward. She's you know, they're setting they they have to be setting her up to be someone really important. I'm not saying, you know, the ultimate villain of of the next phase or anything like that. But definitely, if you get Julia Louis-Dreyfus to come on board, it's you know, it's it's going to be it's going to pay off. Well, and we're in the middle right now. We've got like I think one or two more seasons left of Veep, so that's mm-hmm. what we've been watching on almost a night. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. And so it was just kind of just out of left field. Like, why, why, why are you here, <laughs> Julia Lewis Travis? Like, and this character how did has this, happen? <laughs> this character has a romantic history with Nick Fury, right? Oh yeah. Well, and a lot of places are saying that that they think she and and you can kind of see it already starting. She is putting together. Her own Avengers, the Dark Avengers. The yeah, dark she's Avengers. gonna. She's Dude. putting. She's putting oh. together. She, <laughs> she is. She is the dark version of Nick Fury right now because she's appearing in the same way. That's great. 
you know, somebody's had like this major, you know, you know, victory or defeat. Mm-hmm. And then Nick Fury shows up and goes, Hey, yeah. I might have something for you to do with yourself. I wish and she that's had exactly sh- what she's doing. I wish she had shown up at a, a prison or some kind of facility or something, or maybe John Walker goes on the run and she, she, you know, manages to track him down because she's just that connected. That would have been cool. But like, he has this like hearing, I guess. And I remember <laughs> the note that I wrote down was he just walks away. Like, wait, what? Like, didn't he just murder somebody? Like, and then, and then as he's walking away, they're like, we're going to need that shield back. And like, he just, <laughs> and, and I felt like they let him off the hook where he's like, you made me like, yeah, we, we get that. And that would be an important story beat for later on. But it's like you still have to have a reckoning, and and but, I, but I, see, but I think I mean, especially what we've just experienced this week with, um, you know, all of the 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 trial surrounding the George Floyd murder mm. and everything. I think that's the point. There's no consequences for him. Oh, it's just like what the hell? It's maddening. And it is maddening, but I think that I think that's I think that. That is powerful. And so for me, if that was the last we saw John Walker in this series, I would have been satisfied. I think he's my least favorite thing in episode six. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I had the same reaction with a similar scene in episode six with another character that we'll get to. Um, so, so okay, the next note that I have is Carly and the Flag Smashers are all over the place at this point in the series. Yeah. I don't understand their plan. I don't understand their motivation. I don't understand their goals. Like, I'm just lost when it comes to that, which sucks because they look great visually. And Carly um, is, is great, a great character, I feel like. But there just doesn't seem any cohesion to, to their actions whatsoever. No. And, and it... I think a big part of that is that they had to kind of last right. minute regroup around not having that pandemic storyline. Right. And I think it made it very hard to fix the character's motivation. Right. Right. Because she, she did a wonderful job acting the character. I, yeah. I do believe like when yes. she's sitting there like shouting at Sam, you know, just like fight back or stay down. Like, Pick one, but do it. Like, yeah, I, I could feel the frustration and the rage. She did a wonderful job, but like, I, they just got they got very muddy and confused at that point. Yes, yes, I agree. I that's where I was. Um, uh, Bucky gives Zemo to Wakanda, which felt um, it felt satisfying <laughs> to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this point, I realized there's a lot of slow motion happening in this episode. <laughs> like, there's like, I started to get kind of almost Snyder vibes where he's like slowly showing the bullets like fall out of his hand and like, and the music is swelling and I'm going like, wow, okay. They're really trying to play this up. Yeah. Slow motion and montage was, yeah. <laughs> was the, was the theme for episode five. Right. Yeah. That's so true. I was like, what? Okay. This is different. Um, uh, and, and then my next note was Isaiah did what Steve did and got arrested and tortured for it. Right, right. Which is, I think, the whole point. Yeah. And such a such a interesting way of showing that dichotomy. Yes, yes. And it just angered me even more that John Walker's just like out walking around, getting a new suit, just uh anyway, making a new shield. Right. Well, and that's the thing. I'm 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 perfectly happy being angry 
and disgusted by the whole John Rock Walker character, <laughs> don't don't try and redeem him. Like at least not now. Like mm-hmm. you, give us some give us some distance before you try and redeem this character. I'm curious how you um, how you took in uh, Isaiah's speech or or what he's him and Sam's scene, which is a great scene. And I felt that was actually my favorite part of of my favorite episode of this series uh, was Isaiah basically breaking down for Sam. Like, why would you even want to be Captain America? Like, why? Like, they'll never let a black man be Captain America. Why would you even want to? You know, and I honestly felt after that scene, I'm like, there's no way Sam can be Captain America now. Like, I I fully agreed with everything that Isaiah said in his point of view. I was like right there completely. And I thought, holy shit, like, where where are they leaving Sam to go from here? Like, you know, well, and that's why that's why I was the last time we recorded a, a Falcon and Winter Soldier episode. Um, you and I got into it a little bit about that because my point of view was like, well, I don't, I don't think he can be Captain America at this point. Like, I don't think anybody should be Captain America at this yeah. point. And you were like, no, damn it, I want to see him as Captain America. And then I and, flipped. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that, but that's, but that's what my mindset was. It's like, like I was so disillusioned at that point with, you know, <laughs> quite honestly, in real life, disillusioned with the yes. idea of America. Yes. Um, that you know, it was kind of like maybe this character just needs to not exist. And right. And that's exactly what Isaiah Bradley was saying. Yeah. And I, I, I am happy that they kind of went, no, you're wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And they included that scene where Sam goes, you know, I don't, I can understand how he feels, but I don't feel that way. Right. It's, it's, I think that's a great, you bring up a great point, Joe. It's, it's important to note what what's going on while we're watching this show and what yeah. you know what we're bringing to watching this show that obviously the the writers you know the creators of the, of this show were thinking about these things uh as they are ongoing in our society but they didn't know what was going to be happening the week of necessarily mm-hmm. that that these these episodes are going to be aired so yeah we're definitely bringing that to our viewing of this story well we're bringing that to the view- viewing the story and i think that it's very easy to see the problems with society when they can be making this movie a year ago god and these are the issues that are being brought up you know i mean it, it's yeah. it it really is tuned into both the fact that there are these problems and that these problems have been persistent throughout that these are not just new problems. yeah or 20 years ago or 30 years ago or 30 years ago or 40 years ago um so yeah, that's that. I thought, wow, they really like raised the stakes here. Like they kind of left nowhere for him to go. I'm, like, I'm curious to see where Sam goes from here. And then he goes back to his community, which is really, I think, um, important. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, we get that scene of Walker lying to Lamar's family, which oh, goddamn, that was so hard to watch. Yeah. No, I. I would have loved for our last experience with John Walker being the contestant saying, call me or pick up the phone when I call and then yeah. just don't see him for the rest of the, like be done. Like, yeah, that was really hard. I don't know what I, were they thinking that that couldn't have been redeeming it in any way to his character, right? That he went and faced Lamar's family and, you know, wanted to like try to console them. 
Because he lies also. So yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> well, I mean, I think the thing is, it's not that he's. I mean, they they themselves don't don't think that it's the right move because they show Lamar's sister like she's having none of it. Right. I think his parents though are like, you know, he really loved you. Thank you. His sister's the one going like giving him side eye. Yeah, yeah, and I think you know because they want that closure, but you know she's knowing that it's not that cut and dry. I really thought she was going to follow him out of the door when he walked away and give him a piece of her mind. And I wanted her to. <laughs> I too. so wanted her to. Me too. Oh, I was really hoping for that. I just didn't. It, you're, the whole John Walker's whole presence in this episode did feel kind of like him being let off the hook in every instance. And then of course, you know, it sets up what we get in episode six, which I just, ugh, let that drove me nuts. Um, <laughs> what, how did you feel? I felt like at the end of episode five, it was very clear that Sharon Carter has been the power broker this whole time. Right. Well, and then if you look at, okay, so if you look at the evidence that they've presented, I still don't think she's the power, power broker. She may be a power broker. I don't think she's the power broker because Zemo calls the power broker a he. She never actually confirms that she's the power broker. I no, I think she is. I think by by episode six, we know that she is. But I'm saying by the end of episode five, I already knew. Oh, she's the power broker. But at, when I was watching reviews of episode five, people were saying, "Yeah, she might be," or "She might be," you know. But in episode six, I mean, it's clear. Like she's like literally, someone walks up and says, "Ah, so you've been the power broker all along." Like. Right, but but then you but if if like I was watching some videos where they they kind of point out she a doesn't confirm it and b um, in the comics the power broker is actually two individuals so she may be a power broker but I don't think she's the only power broker. Oh God, that just it's already a bad. It's all, I feel like it's already not a good character arc for her. That that no. would just muddy it even further. Although again, and then part of me was like, all right, she's a scroll. <laughs> like, right. I was like, I'm just gonna explain it away. But honestly, I to to resolve this for me, I went I went and looked at information about her character, and she actually does. I don't remember what the circumstances are because I only got a got a chance to do a quick research on her. But she does in her comic book story arc get disillusioned by Shield. Yeah, like Shield lets her down, and then she actually gets manipulated and works for the Red Skull. Right. In Hydra. Right. So, so the fact, I don't think they're doing it in as gracefully as a way as they could have, but I, they, they are following the character's story arc in a way from the comics. Yeah. They're, they're really not doing it very gracefully. And I think it was the, the nerdist recap that I watched where they point out that she got, she got blipped away. So, or snapped away. So really what we're looking at from her to, from the last time we saw her to, you know, where she pops up in Madripoor is only like six months of time for her. So it's like, wow, she had, she very quickly not only turned, you know, against the government, but also rose to power <laughs> in Madripoor. Right, like right. what that just, yeah. And, and I, you feel it, you feel the, the kind of lack of, of cohesion and, and time for for her character to to fully be believable in its arc and in, in, in uh, her character's arc in this story, um, 
Yeah, she's helping the flag smashers. She hired Batrock <laughs> in 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 you know for for the first mission that we see Falcon on at the beginning of the show, and then she connects Batrock to the flag smashers. And I'm going like, and Batrock who wants to only murder Sam. <laughs> and I'm going like, what? Wow, she is, she is full villain now. Yeah. Like that's yeah. that's a that's a that's a drastic change for her character. And then by the end of episode six, she's like fully pardoned. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Well, and again, and I mean like. Whiplash you'll, character whiplash, yes, and you'll notice like like all the white people in here get off scot free. Yes, oh my all God. the white people yes. in here get off scot free. What the fuck? All and they're them. still terrible after they're they're not like they're still evil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I mean and again uh, I mean I, like I I, f- I think our I, I am comfortable enough in our listener base that I don't think anybody thinks that we're sitting here doing you know. A, apologizing for white for being white you know it's none of that it's just it's kind of like it's being used as a way to show privilege it's being used to show that there is a difference because of skin color oh man people are treated and and so i think i think if you're frustrated by it that is the point i wish they would let us let us know that they're in on it the the create the show creators i wish they would you know condemn these characters in some other way have somebody else give them a dirty look have some reporter ask a fucked up question something that lets us know that the show creators know that this is what they're showing us well i think that was lamar's sister in in that scene i think that was a little bit of the i'm not buying it and i think you know one of the complaints we had leading up to these last two episodes was that sam wasn't doing much yeah. And I kept kind of saying, hey, you know, let us let him evolve the way he's evolving because mm-hmm. again, he's sitting there taking in all this information yeah. that he can make that final decision. And I do think that that paid off in the final episode. Yes. Um, yes. I agree. And so, and so for me, I'm just kind of saying, all right, I want to sit back and watch these characters get their due. Yeah. But I don't think it's going to happen until later. I think. I think the frustrating thing, the thing that makes us see them as villains yeah. is the fact that they're not being held responsible for doing the bad things that they're doing. Right, right. So one last note that I had for episode five was upon further reflection, I think that, you know, after after Sam's scene with Isaiah, where Isaiah basically, you know, uh, I don't know, basically de- devalues the role of Captain America, you know, as, as he should, um, we see Sam's nephews playing with the shield. And I think that's, that's the scene where we see the, the role and mantle of Captain America, uh, revived for Sam, like redeemed, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. that, that's what I got from that anyway. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I completely agree. Um, I don't know if it's too early to throw this, thought in there but i'm going to do it anyway i Mm -hmm. do like the fact that once he becomes captain america he is captain america 
Yeah. Like they even they even legitimize it by changing the title at the end of the the episode. And I've <laughs> I've been I've been frustrated with people who continue to call him Falcon on the reviews of the show. Oh yeah. It's like no, he's not the Falcon anymore. He's Captain America. That's a good point. Yeah, absolutely. Uh so coming out of episode 5 when he, I I thought I honestly <laughs> maybe I set myself up for this. Uh I thought he was getting a Wakandan suit, not a suit, not a a leather uniform made by Wakandans, but a vibranium Wakandan suit, something Mm -hmm. that is using the same technology as the Black Panther, but just maybe colored differently or designed to suit Sam's role as Captain America. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's what I expected going for. I did not expect what we got. Well, I mean, first of all, it is very spot on to the um, to the version in the comics, which has never been my favorite costume. <laughs> like, I, like from the from the moment they revealed that that was the the Sam Wilson Captain America, I was like, oh, that's a that's a butt ugly costume. <laughs> that's so funny. I've always liked that costume. Really? So it just didn't translate for you? It, but but in the I, I swear to God, Joe, I went back and looked at pictures of it to be like, why did I like this costume? <laughs> because the show just didn't. Uh, it Okay, so episode six. Here's the thing about episode six. I realized after the fact that because I thought, oh, that story sucked ass. Like that was so terrible. But it was just there was too many moments in that episode that took me out of it. And so I wasn't even really able to to engage the story because every time I tried something happened that would take me out of it and just kick me right out. Right. Uh, you know, it wasn't until after I was able to get over all that, that I could then engage with the story and be like, okay, it, overall it wasn't as bad as I thought in the moment, but in the moment, it, the first thing that kicks me out of the episode is the costume is his suit. Yeah. He, he's, he stands up and I'm like, Oh no. <laughs> and somebody i think maybe it was rob somebody mentions in the slack that it 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 had the feel of the the last shot of the first season of daredevil yes same thing (laughs) yeah where you're like no 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 no, just just throw the just throw the towel over your head again because that no 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 (laughs) no 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 (laughs) oh god so um that happened Oh, just quick aside. I just saw the biggest fucking spider. <laughs> the biggest, fattest, like, ugliest spider crawl out from behind uh, my my screen here on my TV on the wall. And, I, and I'm trying to, like, keep talking to you. And it crawled behind my, um, my shelf. And now I can't find it. And I'm like, how did that big ass thing just hide itself somewhere? It's in my, my obviously my cats are gonna kill it and eat it at some point. But <laughs> like that thing is not long for this world if it stays in here. But uh, yeah, I have no idea where it is now, and I'm just trying to concentrate on the show. That's terrifying. But hey, maybe it'll bite you, give you superpowers. You never. Know. Oh god. <laughs> no, so uh, yeah, that that was the. I was very curious to hear your thoughts on the on the suit. Uh, yeah, not I, my. It's not my favorite, and it did. It did like, 
like the first time, like <laughs> the first time I saw it in the comic books, I was like, "That's a butt ugly ass costume." Like, that's <laughs> like, like why? How? How did that happen? <laughs> Who thought that was a good idea? And then when they showed it, I was like, "Oh, they went there. They went there." I realized that it's comic book true, but oh god, oh god, it is not an attractive costume. And his, yeah, the the the, the like. The weird, the weird shoulder pads. Like he just looks like disproportionate yes. in it. Yes, exactly. That's the thing is that I went back and looked at the comics, and it's that comic book art thing where the suit is basically a skin, and and that's one of the reasons <laughs> why I was expecting a, a Wakandan vibranium technology suit because that's that's effectively what Black Panther is wearing in the movies. It's it's like a second skin. Right, And I think if they had gone that route, I think I would have liked it a lot more because that's what I like about the comic book suit. But no, they went bulky, padded, like Captain America First Avenger suit. Yes. So do you want to know what my theory is on this? That um, we're immediately getting another suit? <laughs> yes. I, I think I very much think that that is what they're doing. They're like, all right, we're going to – we have one episode, one mm-hmm. episode, one one hour that we have to endure this costume. Yeah. And then when we do Captain America 4, which – spoilers, there is now a Captain America 4 have, that has been announced. Yes. Which is exciting. Um, we are going to give him a much nicer costume because <laughs> if you look at some of the other designs after that <laughs> um there there's definitely nicer costumes like there's the one i'm looking at right now it keeps that red and white stomach stripe thing uh-huh. but the the white's taken off and he no longer has the head cowl thing it's just it's just goggles mm. and it's a much nicer much cleaner and so i think that's what we're getting in the next movie got it Got it. Okay. <laughs> I, that, that's honestly what I think. I think they were like, we're going to show this and then they're going to think better of it and give him a different costume. <laughs> I'm, I've, I have just sent it in the, the chat. Um, okay, cool. <laughs> oh, better, right? Yeah. <laughs> Much better. Um, so yeah. So costume. So what else took you out of it? Uh, oh, geez. Um, I have question marks. I have three question marks after every note. <laughs> suit suit immediately takes me out. Question mark, question mark, question mark. Uh, a chair takes out the shield. Question mark, question mark, question mark. Because <laughs> in Sam's fight with Batroc, he throws the shield at Batroc, and Batroc kicks a chair into the path of the shield, and the shield just instantly falls on the floor. And you're going, wait a minute. <laughs> this shield is supposed to like pierce armor and like this chair is going to take it out like mid flight. That was just, Oh God. Okay. Well, I think it, I think part of it was, it was supposed to be like, it changed the trajectory of it. You know, it's (sighs) yeah. He bounced it. And I mean, like, it didn't keep spinning though. It just like wobbled. (laughs) You've got to remember this is like, let's, let's put everything in perspective. He's fighting Batroc the Leaper. I know. Like, like this is the, the, like, like when we say that there's really interesting how deep dive they go into some of these characters. That's yeah. not always a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> how, how else is this character gonna gonna combat this? It's, it's funny because having recently watched Captain America: Winter Soldier, where we first see Batroc, you know, Captain America, uh, Steve Rogers kicks his ass. 
Like it's mm-hmm. not, it's barely a fight. Like he mm-hmm. really like, you know, kicks his ass. And Sam here is like struggling to hold his own and then has eventually has to just ditch the fight and jump out the window and fly to go, you know, uh, save the helicopter or whatever. Um, also, Sharon wears a mask for no reason. <laughs> like She well, shows I- up and she's some dude and she says something to Bucky and he turns around and like, what the heck? And then she takes off the mask and goes, it's me. And then she says, no one's looking for me here anyway. And I'm like, then why the f- fuck were you wearing the mask in the first place that that beat just makes no sense to me none whatsoever i i think it might be to 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 project that she's not a scroll because if she was a scroll she wouldn't need that okay then she's not a scroll i it just my because i i was like why is she here like people are going are looking for her she's hiding out and then she's like no one's looking for you her me uh for me here anyway and i'm like then why did you put on a mask for two seconds that just that really took me out it's a little and i know these may seem like really like in, inconsequential to the overall episode but these are the things that kept Take my brain is suddenly wondering why this just happened when I want to be just listening to the dialogue and following the story, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, <laughs> I started to think, oh my god, like everyone's running out of this building, and Sharon and Sam and Bucky are going into this building. The flag smashers are have taken over this building, and uh, the the council, the the global repatriation council is in this building hostage are we getting a a the raid scenario a a uh, carl urban as judge dread scenario in this final episode which would have been fucking awesome like i don't know if you know what i'm talking about but I don't is that where like the entire government gets taken out it's 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 a it it's a story where the whole thing takes place in a building where we're kind of like Die Hard, where okay, okay, where so the hero level by level has to try to you know everything happens, everything, all the action is contained in one building that is sealed off. There's danger around every corner on every floor, and the heroes have to use their wits to try to survive this gauntlet to to you know to save the day or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I really thought that's what they were setting up. And I thought that's great because Falcon, you know, up to this point has been known for using his wings, but now Sam is Captain America. So he's going to have to, he can't really use flying here in this scenario. He's going to be in this building having to take on the flag smashers. And I just got my hopes up, man. I just, I just, thought, <laughs> I just thought this is a brilliant awesome epic scenario that they're building and then no like immediately he jumps out the building and flies away and i was like ah shit okay (laughs) we're not getting that well and somebody pointed out in one of the the recap videos that i watched that basically the first 20 minutes of this episode is just showing you all the stuff that the suit can do that's a great point where did you see that um i think it was either um new rock stars or emergency awesome it's one of two it may have been both that's a great point. I did realize that after, like, oh, okay, I see what they were doing here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> Sharon just murders somebody with mercury vapor? <laughs> yeah. Well, at that point, I was like, okay, she's not a good person. Anymore. No, exactly. Like, 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 this is not... 
Like some something going on here. <laughs> like wow, that is a cruel and unusual murder there we're doing. Like his skin is like flaking, bubbling off of him. Like that is terrible. Now I saw a couple people who have pointed out that both okay, so all the technology that that was used in that last episode was provided by her. And um and People are like, well, who's the other person that she's talking to? Um, the the two things that that they pointed out were that that little pellet that explodes the gas mm-hmm. is very Green Goblin Hobgoblin esque. Yeah. yeah, and that the the locks on the cars have eight fingers to them, mm. and so one of the theories is that the person that she's talking to is Norman Osborn. The person she's talking to, when is she talking to somebody? Oh, oh, uh, oh the very in end. the stinger. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Yeah, it <laughs> I mean maybe uh I, that was my next note. Why are the weird door locks? Like what? Are those bombs or are they just meant to like now you know what I realized later on is that they needed to give Bucky something to do. And mm-hmm. if it was just a regular armored truck, he should be able to open that no problem. But they needed a heroic beat for Bucky, so they put these weird locks on that he had to punch off later in the right. episode. Right. But I mean, if it, like that would make sense because that gets us closer to Armor Wars, which is what people seem to be thinking that mm. um, Sharon Carter is setting up. Mm-hmm. And Norman Osborn, I believe, is the one who becomes Iron Patriot. I mean, that's best case scenario. I just, I hope, I mean, that's bad. That is a, that is a long shot there. I feel like, you know, oh, I guess what that does, if, even if that were to be true, it's like, you're justifying what is a bad story beat for me. I feel like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in this really, you know, like um, in in a reach to, to, to set up this show, and even even if that's the case, that's still not a good thing, you know. Like that's mm-hmm. still not even best case scenario. It still doesn't really serve the story uh, that we're watching. Right. No, I, I'm not agreeing with the with the use. I'm just pointing out that these might be Easter eggs that are leading to something else. Yeah. Not that. Oh, this was a good idea. <laughs> but you're you're right though. Um, a lot of this episode, I think, is showing things off. It's 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 meant to like, hey, look at the suit. Hey, look at what Captain America looks like now, what he can do. Hey, look at how heroic Bucky is now that he's, you know, one step closer to to healing some of his trauma and resolving that. Hey, look at, you know, uh, how um, John Walker is, you know, still sort of of use. It it just felt like a lot of um, I put I put too much unearned drama. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, and go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say, like, you're kind of leading into the thing that, that takes me out of it the most is, and, and I'm having my own Nando, I'm rewriting this in my head so that it makes sense <laughs> to me, is I, I hate, I hate John Walker in this episode. He should not be in this episode at all. Like, oh, God. at all. I don't want to see him. I don't want to see, I don't want to see Julia Wood Dreyfus again. Right. Like she appears in the fifth, disappears, and never comes back until the next time we see her. Yes, uh, in another another property. Yes. Um, 
I don't want to see him try and buddy up. Like, there's one point where he, like, pats Bucky on the back. Yes. And I just want to be like, oh, you're that guy. Yes. You're that guy who doesn't get it. Like, you don't get that you're not the hero here. Yeah. And it was so frustrating to, like, <laughs> um, even um, Rob had said in his uh, his comment commentary. on Slack. Yeah. Well, no, no. On just his commentary in the. the oh, oh that um podcast that he recorded yes and now i just lost what i was gonna say oh Um, well it's about john walker being that guy who doesn't realize that he's not the hero and patting bucky on the back and i my my note is wait john walker gets the banter all of a sudden yeah he like there's just no he murdered someone in cold blood and everyone saw it happen like why why is bucky even talking to him what is going on here? Uh, Carly also jumps the shark. Like, uh, well, we just got to murder everyone. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> and even they, they see her crew. You see her crew kind of go like, what? And I'm thinking, okay, what? what is it that I wish that we had spent more time with her character to kind of see her progression and understand what the source of her pain? Because it's mm-hmm. clear that this, this character is, is – um, is is working from a place of deep, deep pain, and that is what's what's pushing her. Well, that's what's driving her. But right. we never see it. We never get no. to know it. We never. She just says it. it. Yes. It's very much a tell, not show. And why I remember what 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 Rob had said. It's like if you had looked at this from if you had done like a Breaking Bad. He even he even used that example. If you did a Breaking Bad version of this, where it's from John Walker's um, perspective, mm. and you see and, and you see the descent of the character. Mm. You know, you can see where it's somebody who who does want to do right, mm-hmm. like. That's the that's the that's what they got right about this character. This character yeah. doesn't see himself as the bad guy. Yeah. And that moment where he like pats Bucky on the back as like we did a good job shows that. Yeah. But they don't show Bucky and maybe it's just Bucky going not the time or place, mm-hmm. but like reacting to the fact that like no, we're not friends. Like this is not okay. Yeah, <laughs> you really shouldn't be here. Oh, and the other thing—that's the other thing that Rob said. Um, we are way past the point where saving a car full of people <laughs> equals I am a hero. So true. So true. Yeah, that just felt like they needed to find something in this scenario that they have concocted. This this uh, uh, third act they have concocted. They needed to find some scenario. Oh shit! We need to make Sam the hero here. What can we do? Fuck it. Let's let's have a truck going out. <laughs> it's like yeah, no, yeah. that's already been done. Um, it yeah, it, it felt to me like this show, this this series, uh, could have been about a bunch of broken people or people that had experienced deep pain and trauma, having to to grapple with that and the choices they make along the way. And, you know, with with John Walker being one of them, Carly being one of them, Bucky being one of them, and then Sam being the counselor and being the person that sort of tries to, to help them and guide them and save them to a certain extent. And, right. you know, he manages to do that with Bucky and he doesn't manage to do that with Walker. And Carly is kind of like in the middle there. And it would be a much more tragic story where we could see how these choices play out and how people sometimes are not able to 
you know, heal or, or to process their trauma in, in a healthy way. And in some ways it almost felt like the show wanted to be about that. And, but it just, it's not. <laughs> yeah. It just didn't get there. It just no, didn't get there. It didn't get there. Um, so yeah. So now I've got, I've got two, <laughs> two, or no, I've got three. I've got three nano, like the Nando endings, two that are actually his and one that is mine. So now in my head, canon. <laughs> Nebula runs the gauntlet instead of Captain Marvel. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, head cannon. Everything that happened at the end of Wanda is now Nando's version. Oh God, that's so great. And in my version of Falcon Winter Soldier, John Walker, the last we see of him is his interaction with the Contessa. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that is my headcanon because he doesn't play a big enough role in this last episode for me not to be able to go okay he's just not he's just not there and to bring him back as U.S. agent at that point I hated that scene I hated everything about that scene I hated it's the same and in black mm-hmm. um, everything about that scene I disliked so yeah. I am not a fan of John Walker in episode six I think it was a poor poor choice yeah uh, a couple of tweets from Nando here. Um, one, I'm looking for it. I'm looking for it. He does mention, oh, he says, uh, oh, it's out already. Wait. Oh, it says, give me a week. Um, Falcon and winter soldier, one small change coming soon. I'm pretty sure I know what it's going to be. And he just posted yesterday. Give me a week and it's going to be out. And then, so he's, it's coming. (laughs) And and I wouldn't be surprised if that's what it is. Just taking him out of that last episode. Uh, and then another tweet that I had bookmarked by him. I really enjoyed the portrayal of John Walker in episodes one through five of Falcon and the Winter Soldier and was excited to see what a superhuman soldier at the end of his rope manically building a fake Captain America shield would do in the finale. End of tweet. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Meaning he was not pleased with what ended up happening. No, it was not. A, it was not a graceful end to that. It was not a, it was the, that character did not pay off in episode six. Yeah. So, um, gosh, I don't know. Carly's line of, it doesn't matter if we all die. The movement is too big. I'm like, is it, is it really, <laughs> is it right. really that big? <laughs> if it is, they didn't, they didn't show it in episode six. Yeah. And then Sharon's whole villain turn in the garage or whatever, where the parking garage or wherever they are. And she's explaining like how evil she's practically twirling her mustache in that scene. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I think, I think overall we can agree that, Falcon the Winter Soldier up through episode five. Awesome. Episode six, lots of problems. Yeah. Um, and there were things I liked about the episode. I, I liked that we did get to see a full episode of Sam as Captain America. Yeah. Um, I think the dynamic between him and Bucky is awesome still. Like, as, <laughs> as many other things were going on in this show, anytime we got interaction between Sam and Bucky, it was fucking great well and now we're at a point where they can just be Mm -hmm. uh, sebastian stan and anthony mackie and they don't have to do because that was one of my problems in the earlier episodes is that like i I even saw it in one of the videos i watched this morning when they are in that counseling session and they scoot up really really close to one another you can (laughs) see you can see sebastian stan is trying not to laugh (laughs) and you know that that scene with the lines was shot 
after like 20 minutes of just laughing to the point of tears <laughs> and then going, okay, we really have to get this shot. Like it wasn't believable at all because they have too much of a friendship going on. Yeah. Yeah. And so now we could just see that friendship be its own thing. Yeah. So, so the, the, the last act of this episode of episode six, I thought it had some good things and some bad things. I could see what they were trying to accomplish. And I think they got part of the way there. Um, and I think that it ended on a good note, but there, there were things again that kind of took me out of it, unfortunately. Um, like, you know, Sharon murders Carly in cold blood, uh, just straight up shoots her to death. And that, which is a heartbreaking end for, for Carly's character. Um, Sam arguing pol- government policy with senators in public in the middle of a crime scene. Like I understand that we, what we want to happen there. And I, and I understand that Sam needs a scene where the world sees him being Captain America. And, and that's why we got that in the moment. I felt like this should be a hearing. Like this should be Sam speaking yeah. up at a hearing after having been able to sit with these things and the actions of, of this you know, this scene later on, he could have been speaking into a microphone to a panel of senators and, mm-hmm. you know, saying this, this, I think it would have been much more impactful than sort of spur of the moment. You know, everyone just sorts, sort of happens to turn on their camera phones. Um, so uh, the flag smashers get blown up by Zemo's Butler. And uh, that seems to be the end of that dangling plot thread. I thought they were all getting shipped to that maximum security prison and they were going to become Thunderbolts. Right. Well, and I, I, I'm interested to see what they do with Zemo's character after this, because he's very happy that they're gone. Right. And he's very against super soldiers. Yes. So how does he become the leader of the Thunderbolts, or does he? Exactly. Exactly. Because I'm like, wait, this is how he gets a hold of a team of super soldiers, of superheroes, you know, fake superheroes, is these remaining super soldiers. He recruits them. And they become, you know, Songbird and I don't know who else and all the rest of the, that's probably not right, but like all of the, all of the Thunderbolt characters, but then he explodes them and I'm like, oh yeah, he hates super powered people. Then how the fuck does he lead a team of them? So yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> what else? Well, and I think, I think what they're doing is because they've got, they've got the Contessa and they are, they now have, they now have US agent, um, the the theory is is that she is going to show up in um, Black Widow, so I bet that she recruits uh, the other Black Widow from that movie, and I think they're going to put together their own version of the Avengers, the Dark Avengers, right? The Dark Avengers, and I don't think it's going to be the Thunderbolts, right? I think I think the Thunderbolts may come after that when yeah. some of those characters decide to be redeemed. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, that, that would make better sense now with, with where all these characters are at, at this point. Um, just trying to run through my, my last couple notes real quick. Um, uh, yeah, really disgusted that Walker gets a new suit and gets to be free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After everything that Isaiah has been through, uh, Isaiah to me deserves more than just acknowledgement. He needs, he deserves reparation of some sort, uh, mm-hmm. because it's like, oh yeah, our bad. I think it was on the Nerdist review. They actually pause the screen and they read the the plaque at the at the the um, museum display, mm-hmm. and it says at some point some individuals in the government <laughs> decided or or felt that you know uh, uh, Isaiah needed to be 
imprisoned and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, some individuals in the government, you mean the government, like just, yeah, yeah. just call it what it is. <laughs> like we're mostly good, but a few bad apples in the government decided to torture and imprison this person. Um, what else? Uh, again, Sharon getting a full pardon just seems so weird after her villain turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, although it makes sense for her, you know, immediately walking out of that hearing and, and twisting her mustache again, the last last thing we get of her um and you know bucky uh, we finally get that resolution of sorts with yori where Mm -hmm. bucky goes and tells him that he murdered his son but we don't to me that doesn't feel like like any kind of amends like it's it's like you don't go and just tell someone that you did something horrible to them and then that's somehow supposed to like I, I don't know, like be okay at that point. Like it's, it seems worse almost to, to give someone something that's going to make you feel better, but going to make them feel worse. And I get that. We get that shot of him walking outside the bar and he looks into the window and he sees that, Oh no, this old man is actually okay. Like he's having, he's smiling, but no, like making amends is, is you do that through actions, right? Like you're right. like accountability is more than just owning up to something. Well, and I, but I think, I think what they're, again, I, I think what they're doing is, is they, they set it up at the beginning that mm-hmm. this, this guy was struggling because he didn't understand or know what happened right. to his son. And so the, the, the amends is sacrificing his comfort to admit what he did. And and that's what they were going for. I think it was very clumsy. I was not a fan of that sequence at all. Okay. Um, though it doesn't it it does it does follow kind of the idea of like what people do in AA, mm. where they have to go back, and it's like it's not about it's not about being it's not about being forgiven. It's about admitting what you've done. Mm. It, it is it is not it is not the responsibility of the person that you are apologizing to to accept that apology. Right, right. It's the fact that you have gone to that person and said, I have done this and I understand that it was wrong. And right. so I think that's what they were going with. I still don't like this. I like I thought it was very clumsily done. Okay, good. This wasn't just me. No. Um and then again, you know, I just think that they were very smart by ending this whole series with Sam and Bucky because you can't go wrong with those two. Like that no. last scene of like, you know, Bucky has his, you know, previously he said the closest thing he has to family is that shield, but now clearly he has a family that he's found in in, you know, Sam and, and his family and his community. Um, which is really, really cool. And I loved that final shot, that final scene. I loved it. Yeah. No, I, 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 I am looking forward to a Captain America 4 with those two and a Captain America and the Winter Soldier series yeah. in the future. I think that'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, man. It, it was like, okay, we landed, but it was not a smooth landing. <laughs> no, it was, it was a bit of an albatross landing, to be completely yeah. honest. There was some crashage. Yeah, there sure was, man. And it's been great seeing everyone talk about it and everyone's takes. Like, you know, a lot of a lot of my notes come from just, you know, reading about it after the fact and being on Twitter. And uh, it's Rob, certainly, uh, I thought, pointed out some things uh, on Slack mm-hmm. uh, that kind of helped me make sense and kind of reaffirm some things that I was feeling. So that was pretty cool to see as well. 
Yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm going to have to start wrapping us up because I've got another podcast to record in 15 minutes. <laughs> yes. So um, any shout outs for, uh, for this week? Only to Sean and Patricia for cleaning your stuff. Sorry. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to, I'm going to remind everybody that we are very quickly uh, approaching episode 200. I am going to try and get merch up sometime this week, just because I, I want you guys to have something available. Some of you guys said you would buy it. I'm going to try and set it up. So it's like, if people buy it, great. If they don't, you know, nobody loses money on it. This is not a money making endeavor. This is just kind of a celebratory. Hey, here's merch. Um, but again, if you have if you have any comments you want to send us, like audit, um, audio that you want us to include in the episode, um, you know your favorite moment, uh, your favorite phrase, something like whatever you want to do. If you want to send us something, we will be happy to include it into the show. Uh, I think at this point, the show is going to be probably <laughs> it's going to be a long one, uh, and I know <laughs> this is coming from two people who do two hour shows on a weekly basis, but. Um, <laughs> You know, I think it's going to be a very extended episode, and so I think it's going to be a lot of segments, and so we'll kind of break up those segments with whatever you guys have to say about, you know, whatever you want to say. Um, next week, we are dusting off our interview questions and talking to the creative team of Nuclear Power, which is the latest title from our friends over at Fanbase Press. I always love doing episodes with people from Fanbase Press, um, Barbara and Bryant always work with like the nicest people. So I'm excited to, to give them a little bit of a, a platform and, and talk about their stuff. And then also coming up, I want to say it's the following week, but we haven't like solidified the date. We just know it's coming up. Uh, we are going to have Larissa and Justine back from Starship Therapies. And I know we don't usually announce something multiple weeks in advance, but on May 4th, their book is coming out. And so if you want to pre-order it, we're going to be talking to them, I think, on the 9th. And so it might just be a good, like, if you can get it and start reading it, it might be something interesting. We're also going to try and do a, a book club with it. Like, uh, I've already talked to my friend Mandy uh, from the WEC podcast, and bet you didn't know that. And she's now on um, What Is Not Through As The Dice Roll. Um, I think we're going to do, like, a book club with it. And I don't think that's going to be an actual Geektitude episode because it drives me nuts when a podcast does an episode that reviews something that I haven't seen yet or <laughs> haven't read yet. So, but it might be like a supplement, like an extra bonus episode or something. So just throwing that out there, go ahead and get that book um, if you're if you're at all interested. When they do come on, we're not just going to talk about our book. I'm very excited about this. They want to talk about WandaVision because they're coming at it from a therapist point of view. And... I am I am ecstatic to hear what that is gonna <laughs> what that conversation uh -huh. is gonna be like because they're gonna have uh -huh. a lot of insight that we didn't even think about. Yep, that's true. So true. Um. So yeah, that's what's coming up. All the music in this episode is by Ben Sound is being used under a Creative Commons license. You can find more music at Ben Sound by Ben Sound at bensound.com. Geektitude is a proud member of the Geek to Geek Network. Check out other Geek to Geek shows such as the Geek to Geek Podcast, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, Disney Forever, You Can't Stop Me Loving K-Pop, The Nerdberg Review, JRPGs and Me, Dragon Quest FM, As the Dice Roll, and Sometimes Rob. And also make sure to check out our newest podcast, Mating Habits of the Modern Geek, with the marvelous Kelly Hightower. 
Also, check out our Twitch streamers, Capsule J and Banishox, and make sure to join us in Slack or Discord where you can chat with us in real time. Thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody who has just been lighting Slack up this week. Yep. Um, I think Lyle may have given us a topic for one of the upcoming weeks because he just posted today 10 Marvel adaptations that completely misunderstood the source material. Ooh. And I feel like that's like right up our alley. Yes. So, uh, so thank you guys for, for contributing. It really makes us, uh, it makes us happy. We just love it. You can currently find us at geekitude.com as well as on Apple podcasts, Stitcher, Google podcasts, and most other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geekitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at geekitude or me personally at epic grays. Ray, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on social media at Ray Vargas three. That's Ray Vargas and then the number three. And you can look at my artwork at rayvargas3.com. Awesome. All right. That's it for us this week. Remember this week, keep it geek. Keep it geek.